Welcome to a very exciting episode four of Empty the Playbook. Uh, before we get into some very exciting NFL news on the, well, the current franchise tag deadline, who knows if that'll change, but uh, we got lots to catch up on. But firstly, we got to check in with the boys. So, uh, Thornsey, how you doing, mate? Good, thank you. Had a very uh, productive weekend. I actually was going to say this earlier, but I forgot. But I went for a run yesterday and I accidentally ran into a funeral. (laughs) (laughs) Tell me more about that. Well, there's a a, like crematorium slash burial place just like a mile away. And I was running past it. And as I sort of ran past, this woman walked out dressed all in black. And there was a hearse outside and then a bunch of other people. And then there was like hymns like in the background as I was just running through and I I was like oh my god <laughs> what do you like, I couldn't really stop because then I'd be right in the middle of it and I couldn't turn around because then I'd have to go back so I just like ran through oh that's <laughs> I could fully imagine you as well because you're such a nice guy just stopping in the middle and just going condolences yeah. <laughs> see you and the family <laughs> may the lord be with you all yeah, <laughs> but yeah, so, uh, productive week. Other than well, I suppose that is productive, but for a for a different reason. Um, good, yeah. glad to hear it, mate. Uh, how about you, Shaps? Yeah, I've um, I decided to not be productive at the weekend, so I've been spending my my nose. I've had my nose buried in a book all day, so that's been fun. So I'm I'm ready for the excitement we got going on later. Yeah, it's so, yeah. Man. Pretty much, I'm just being boring, and there's nothing else going on. All I've done is research for later, and hopefully, ready to have some fun. Absolutely, mate. And the uh, probably should actually let the people know that uh, what you're alluding to later on is uh, the Empty the Playbook Mock Draft 1.0, uh, which all three of us are very excited for. Um, and yeah, we'll get into that in a minute. Um, but like I said, uh, today is the current franchise tag deadline um as of day recording uh but that might change due to um the actual uh salary cap number not being set in stone right now so there are uh there is potential for it to be moved but as of day of recording this is the franchise tag and we'll quickly do a roundup of this and then we'll we'll get into our mock draft but your boy Dak got paid Brandon Scherf is heading back to the uh, to the football team. Uh, Joe Tooney isn't going back to the Pats. Um, Godwin's getting the tag for the Bucks, which is a big one, and has come up on the um, on the podcast the last couple of weeks. Which means currently Shaq Barrett and Levante David are hitting free agency. Uh, Bud Dupree's going to free agency. Kenny Galladay is going to free agency. That was a big one for you, Shaps. Uh, the Chargers are letting go of Hunter Henry, which, to be fair, wasn't too surprising. Kyle Long, the uh, <laughs> the O-lineman's coming back out of retirement, which is exciting. Uh, and Alan Robinson, amongst others, is uh, also getting tagged by the Bears. 
uh, not amongst others for the Bears, just amongst other people getting tagged for, for their respective teams. Um, as much as I would love to get into the, the bones of that, boys, that is just our news roundup because we've got more exciting things ahead of us and it is time for Mock Draft 1.0. Before we get started, I'm just going to explain some kind of ground rules uh, for the three of us, but also for the people listening. Um, so the way we've done this, uh, there are 25 teams in the NFL that currently, as of time recording, have a first round pick or, or have at least one first round pick. To decide who was picking who out of the three of us, we uh, just put the, all the teams that do have first round picks into a random generator and they were randomly assigned. So sometimes there might be two picks in a row by me or I might not be picking for five, six picks in a row. We it was just random uh, and that's how it's worked out. So it is what it is. Um, we also decided beforehand that there's going to be no trades. So there's no trades uh, pre-draft. There's not going to be any trades uh, during the draft. Um, too complicated for mock draft 1.0. Um, but yeah, that was a rule that we all, all three of us kind of decided on. And the last kind of rule that I think we wanted to make clear was that we are doing this live as of time recording. So uh, we have absolutely no idea uh, who each of us is going to take for uh, their respective teams, and it could le- could help us out, could massively hinder uh, who we're going to take for the for whoever we've got, um, which is really exciting, keeping us on the edge of our toes, keeping us on the edge of our seat, and hopefully keeps you on the edge of your seat listening as to uh, who everyone's going to take. Uh, so those are our ground rules. And with that being said, the Jacksonville Jaguars are now on the clock. So, uh, I'm not even going to bother overthinking it or pretending like it's going to be a shock. Uh, Trevor Lawrence, first overall pick. Um, Zach Wilson might be in the discussion, but I think Lawrence is just definitely the better prospect. And, yeah, that's the pick. Damn, I thought uh, Trevor would slide down to me there, but, you know, just as I'm sure and it will be on draft night, he's going number one. So I've got the number two pick with the New York Jets. The New York Jets, this is actually quite a nice pick to have because they're such a mess. I can pretty much pick any position and it'll be a good pick as long as I don't massively reach. But I think if you're picking number two, you're uncertain with Darnold's future. I'm leaning towards QB because I feel like even with some nice weapons you could put around him in the offseason. I don't think he'll perform enough for his contract next year, which means you're going to need a new QB anyway. And why not take one when you're sat at two? You spoke about uh, Zach Wilson, but it's not my pick, actually. I'm going with Justin Fields. Uh, I think he's a great talent. And as an Ohio State fan, I'm a big fan of his, obviously, as well. But yeah, his main knock's been that he stares down his primary read, but you know, he's got a nice throwing mechanic. And I think the Jets have had Sam Darnold in like that good passing option, which is what I think uh, Wilson is. So I think they might as well try and spice it up. Maybe he was not going to have the best receivers, but you've got a real competitor. I think he's only lost two college games and he's uh, he's only one season removed. I know he's only started two seasons in college, but he had that outstanding season where he threw um, was it 41 touchdowns and three interceptions. And then the following season, obviously, cut short, but he had a higher percentage uh, of completions. So, yeah, I'm hoping I can see a lot from him next level. And I think having a bit of a dual threat there might 
sort of spray some life into the New York Jets where they've been so flat and sort of on the cusp of nothing for so long. So, yeah, that's my pick number two. Nice, man. Uh, I'm on the clock now with the Miami Dolphins at three. Um, I mean, I really like your pick there, first First of all. I uh, I mean, it's interesting. Not a lot of people are predicting uh, Justin Fields there. Um, he's, the more it kind of goes on, I think he's getting less and less love, really, and Zach Wilson's getting more and more. But it'd be interesting to see on draft night. Nice pick. Um, right. Uh, the Miami Dolphins uh, last year obviously took quarterback um, with Tua Tagovailoa, and they do the same again this year because I'm I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> uh, that would have been fun. Uh, and do you know what? I low key did consider it, but I think you just got to back your boy uh, from a year ago uh, to uh, and try and help him develop because they don't really have a lot of pass catchers on that team, which has potentially hindered his growth. Um, and I mean, the real tussle for me was, uh, it, do I want to protect Tua or do I want to um, give him a playmaker? And I mean, I've got the choice of the best of the rest now in this draft with the Dolphins because, you know, I don't want to take quarterback. So I've literally got the choice of whatever I want. Um, and I don't think there's a more exciting player in my personal opinion in this draft than the wide receiver wide receiver out of LSU Jamar Chase so that is where we're going with our pick that guy is going to ball uh and him and Tua are going to have a field day uh so that's my pick nice 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 um with the number four pick is the Atlanta Falcons um I was actually thinking Justin Fields here but um Obviously, he's gone. Zach Wilson, I think, is is the pick here. Um, I, I personally rate Wilson higher than Fields and would have taken him at, at two. But she asked you why he didn't. I think Wilson's a bit more of a wild card. I think you know what you're getting a little bit more with Fields. But yeah, uh, Zach Wilson, I think the Falcons are, like we said last week or the week before, it's they're in a bit of like a difficult position, whether to rebuild or uh, go for that win-now position. But I think if you have the pick this high with a chance to get a player this good it has to be done like you have to go right we're taking the best QB available and that is Zach Wilson yeah okay uh, fifth pick with the Bengals uh, I was kind of praying that he'd be here so Penacial. Um you know again we spoke about it last week Joe Burrow needs that protection the Bengals need to show that they're willing to back their guy and to give him the protection that he needs obviously looking at Russell Wilson and him being angry at the Seahawks for the way they haven't protected him I think that this is a great opportunity for the Bengals to be like look you know we back you we we haven't protected you as well as we should have and now we're gonna go all in to make sure that you stay healthy and if Shields is as good as a lot of us think he's gonna be then that's Burrow's blind side or or, or right hand side brought up safely for the next eight to ten if not 15 years so uh, I'm up next, number six, with the Philadelphia Eagles. And uh, it's an interesting one, but my pick is going to be receiver. And it's a tough choice between the two receivers out of Alabama. But I think I'm going to go with Waddle. I think he's a bit more of an NFL build, because I think my main issue with uh, Devontae uh, Smith is that uh, he's a bit fragile. And I think Waddle's got a bit more burst, you know. And he just, for me, I think Waddle was the better of the the two or three potential 
Alabama first round receivers. So yeah, I I think with just Jalen uh, Rager back there as as their like main receiver now, I think they definitely need an upgrade at receiver. I think they're going to give Hurts a run this year, not draft QB. So there's a lot of good options on the board, but yeah, my personal choice would be Woodle. Great, cool. Um, I have an interesting pick here with the Lions. Uh, one I could definitely see them trading out of uh, just to acquire more assets, as we talked about kind of uh, on last week's episode. Um, a team that kind of aren't really sure right now of their identity going forward. Um, and th- there's lots of holes uh, in different places, um, especially for a team in rebuild mode. Um, the approach here for me, I think, is if we have to stick with this pick, uh, you know, me and the me and the Lions uh, back room, we're uh, we've got it. Um, we're going best available, and for us, the best player available to be the center of our of our defense going forward is uh, Micah Parsons, the linebacker out of Penn State. You know, I think it's an important position to fill right in the middle of the field. Um, and I think he'll be a part of that defense for years to come. So that's the pick. Yeah, great, great pick from you there. I'm now up at number eight with the Panthers. Now, the Panthers are, again, a bit of a mess. And I think I'm in a similar situation where I'm taking one of the best available players. And I'm, I'm happy that he's still here on the board for me. I think two, two main pieces that were missing from the Panthers have obviously been Olsen and Luke Keekley. So I sort of I sort of had a linebacker and tight end in mind for this position. You've just taken, I think, the number one defensive player in the draft for a start in uh, Parsons. Great pick. Absolute freak athlete, just with a couple of maturity questions. But yeah, so I'm left with Kyle Pitts, who I'm taking out of Florida, the tight end. Uh, I think he's got a lot of talent. He's, an ex- he's, he's more of a receiver than a sort of blocking tight end, obviously. But the mismatches he gets and he's got speed, he's got the speed of an outside receiver with the catchability and, you know, the radius of a, of a big tight end. So I think we were speaking about it in episode two, I believe, how important the tight end's position is, is becoming. And I think he's really got a lot of talent there and he can make some great moves for the Panthers and really start kickstarting that offense a bit more with C-Mac. Nice little tandem for him there. OK, yeah, now it's straight back to me again. I believe, with the Broncos at number nine. Broncos at number nine. And I'm sat here looking at the options. And my personal, I'm glad he fell this high. He's, he's one of those ones where people aren't sure where they rank him. But I'm looking at the uh, Broncos system and I'm like, they could use an extra cover corner. Uh, and there's one sat here on my board in Caleb Farley. You've got, uh, there's two, there's obviously the two main, there's the two main corners in the draft, I feel, with Farley and... Um, uh, and certainly in the second, but uh, I believe uh, he's just a better scheme fit for the Broncos. And obviously, AJ Boye played well, but was injured last year. So I think they need some better parts around him in that secondary to really help build up. And yeah, he's my pick there. Uh, number 10, Dallas Cowboys. I'm not going to go where I think you two would expect me to go. Uh, I'm going to take Rashawn Slater out of Northwestern, the O lineman. Um, I think the Cowboys secondary is a big issue and with Satane there, it's very tempting, but I think this Cowboys offense is really where they're going to go. I think you can get as much talent as possible around Dak. And something we've seen over the last five years or so is that the Cowboys don't have great depth on their O-line. Now, Slater is a very 
versatile offensive lineman. He can come and he can start a guard, he can start a tackle, he can maybe play centre. I don't think they would put, put him there, but he can. And if we see Tyron Smith get injured and miss extended period of time, Collins get injured or Zach Martin even, he missed a few games last year. I think it's a pick that you make to just protect Dak Prescott, number one, and number two, give them, make sure that that, that offence keeps ticking if they have injuries on the whole line. So, yeah, Rashawn Slater. Right, yeah, that's a, not, that's a nice pick uh, from you there. So it's, it's an interesting one. I'm now sat with... Uh, I spoke about him earlier, but I'm now sat with the uh, New York Giants at pick number 11. And uh, it's interesting because I think they've got an OK defence. I wouldn't say it's the best, but I'd say I'm more inclined to go offence this year because that's where I felt they got let down. I think they're kind of settled on uh, they're kind of settled on trying to build something with uh, Daniel, Daniel Jones. So I'm actually going to give them a weapon because they've actually, I believe, very recently in the last day or so, just released... Uh, just released Golden Tate two years into his $37.5 million, uh, million dollar deal. And then they've also got Sterling Shepard on, on the cards, but he's obviously had his injury issues. So I'm sat looking at Devontae Smith, who's obviously, again, a sort of fr more fragile field for a player, but he's, he's got such explosive potential. And I think he really, he really sort of does have the ability to find space, finish catches, and, you know, really find his way, find his way downfield. And I think he plays bigger than his size. I know that's a bit of a cliche, but yeah, he plays bigger than his size. And I, and I like, and I like him for this pick. And I think he'll, he'll do well and give Daniel Jones uh, a bit of extra chance to uh, succeed down there in New York, up there, I guess. Uh, I knew, right, when I was picking 12 and 13, because I'm the next two picks, I knew every single person. I've got four picks for both of those teams. And I knew every single one of them would be taken. Ugh. And this is why I said at the, at the top of the show that we're at, or the top of this section, that we're doing this completely live and reacting to uh, whoever uh, whoever the other guys are taken. Um, to be fair, this one's not too bad because a couple of guys I think could definitely uh, fill needs here. Richard Sherman is going to be leaving in free agency. And, you know, I could be looking to corner. Um, but in the last few days, there have been murmurings of uh, New England coming back for Jimmy G. And so with that in mind, your boy's taking Trey Lance, quarterback out of North Dakota State with the number 12 pick to take the San Francisco 49ers back to a Super Bowl. That might be a bold take, but I'm going with it. Let's go, Trey. Uh, there's I, from what I remember, there was like mocks of Trey Lance a year ago, sort of him going top five, top three. So like, you know, there was there was people thinking that the boy's got talent, and he's you know he's not fallen too far down. I mean, there's some mocks have got him going to like Carolina and. So I'm even talking about the potential matchup with him and um, and Atlanta. So, you know, the boy's exciting. And I think in that offense, it'd be really cool to see what he can do with uh, with an offensive mind like Kyle Shanahan. Anyway, on to the, my, um, onto the Miami Dolphins? Definitely not. On to the uh, LA Chargers. Um, how'd I get that team confused? Um, <laughs> look, 
I wanted Rashawn Slater, or I mean, in an unrealistic world, Penny Sewell to fall here. Um, and I, if that didn't happen, uh, I wanted a playmaker of any of the three wide receivers that have already gone, or Kyle Pitts, who's also already gone. Uh, so you boys have hit me at a bit of a uh, in a bit of a tough situation here, but um, I might be going a little bit rogue. Um, but the secondary, or specifically the corners, is aging for the Chargers. Casey Hayward is getting on. Uh, Chris Harris is getting on and was injured this year. I think you've got to shore up that position and the best player in the quarterback position available, who I'm surprised has fallen this far, this far uh, is Patrick Sertan. Yeah, I think Sertan, if, if he falls to the Chargers, they'll be very happy on our come draft night. Um, yeah, so Minnesota Vikings, number 14. This is this is quite a tough one, I think, because there's a lot of places they could go. Like, it's, they're such a good team who simultaneously have a lot of holes. This is a really strange one. But um, for me, I think edge rusher makes the most sense. Bringing someone in alongside Daniel Hunter when he's healthy. Um, a bit of a strange draft class as well, because there aren't many edge rushers that you see at the top. Like, we've always had sort of Chase Young, uh, Miles Garrett, something like that. I think had this guy played... This season, he'd be in the top 10 conversation, hands down. Uh, Gregory Rousseau, yeah, if not top five, Gregory Rousseau out of Miami. I think he's a beast. He's a freak, and he's just a very, very good player. So, yeah. Sorry to everyone, but it's me back on the clock again uh, <laughs> with the number 15 overall pick. Uh, and I've got the New England Patriots, uh, which hurts my soul uh, being anything to do with the New England Patriots. Um <laughs> but yeah, I fully envision um much like the Detroit pick, I envision the Patriots either trading out here, getting some more assets. I don't think they're in a massive position where they want to be. But then again, who knows with Bill Belichick and the guy that he wants. Um but one thing that we do know is that um Bill Belichick has a knack for uh making defensive players um fantastic. Uh, and in particular, uh, a linebacking core. Uh, you think what you've done with uh, people like Kyle Van Noy a couple of years ago. Um, so I think here he picks his potential replacement for Dante Hightower and he goes to uh, Jeremiah Owusu uh, Koromoa out of uh, Notre Dame, who I think uh, will work fantastic with Dante Hightower this year and then eventually take over that uh, kind of captain of that defence. Uh, when Hightower is ready to move on or retire. Uh, I think this is a a really nice matchup here uh, for the Patriots and if they keep the pick. Uh, so yeah, I'm excited to see uh, what he does if he goes there. Right, it's uh, now me on the clock uh, at number 16 with the Arizona Cardinals. Now it's, a, it's an interesting position to be in because obviously... You've got the Kyler Murray. They're in win-now mode, basically. They've got they've got Kyler, they've got JJ, they've got D-Hop. And you think maybe an extra weapon, but on the offensive side of the ball, I'm not seeing anyone that's really calling out to me. So I'm I, I'm looking at the team and I and I go, is is putting an extra piece into that defense what it's what, wise? Does it need it? But you know what? 
I'm going to do it. It's a very uncommon pick to see, but I'm going to pick an Alabama defensive player in Christian Barmore uh, uh, because he's got a lot of upside and I feel like he's a young player with a lot of upside. You know, he looked really good at the start of last season in college. And I think part of the reason I, I like him here is because he's around Chandler Jones and JJ Watt, two absolute veterans on the outside, sort of give him a bit of support. And then all he's got to care about is that inside zone. And I think he's got a lot of athleticism. Oh, God. And I think he's my number one interior defensive player. So, yeah, I, I think he's young. He's got a lot to learn, but he's big, he's strong, and he's going to have two of the best people in football next to him on that defensive line. So I think that if, as a pick, it's sort of embarrassing them with riches on that D-line. But with what's available on the board, I think that's the smartest pick for me here. I think that's a, that's a nice pick, really. Uh, Barmore to the Cardinals. He's come to a place where there's not much pressure to perform straight away, which I think is, is nice for a rookie. Um, they've also got Jordan Phillips, who they signed last year or the year before last. He's another good D-tackle. And I think just, yeah, piling it up and having another D-tackle that can stuff the run, making leaving JJ Watt on the outside is is very nice. Also, a wish for Koromoa to the Patriots is so scary because he's such a good player. And I wish he was there right now, but obviously he isn't. Um, obviously, big trade news in the last couple of days. Trent Brown going back to the Patriots. So for the Raiders here, tackle Christian Darasaur out of Virginia Tech for me. Yeah, I think every QB plays best when they're not under pressure. Derek Carr definitely fits that mould. And, you know, if Darasaur can come in and be the player that the, that the Raiders wished Brown was when they signed him, then that's that's a real uh, great pick to, to fall to them. Yeah, makes a lot of sense. Um, I think Christian uh, Darasaur is almost kind of the underrated player because he's in between kind of uh, Penny Sewell at the top and Rashawn Slater. Uh, and then above kind of like everybody else underneath, he's kind of that middle kind of, there could be about four or five teams where Doris, uh, Darius ends up. Um, it'd be really interesting to see because I think he has the sort of versatility to play. He's a big dude, but he has a versatility to play tackle or guard. Um, so it'd be interesting to see where he ends up and what kind of scheme. But I think, yeah, with the uh, Raiders and sure up uh, that right-hand side, uh, do they still have Colton Miller? Is Colton Miller back? Still there? Is he still on? Oh, whatever. Uh, but he, I, I know they like to play him uh, left tackle. So Darasaur on the right tackle position would be actually a really nice, uh, really nice pickup. Um, it's interesting here because uh, I obviously am, I've got the first of uh, the teams that are picking twice in the first round with the Miami Dolphins at eighteen. So it's an int- your draft strategy almost changes because you have to think about what was available with your first pick and now what you take uh, to complement that almost. And whether you think, oh, I took a wide receiver earlier in Jamar Chase, so now do I go someone to support uh, or protect uh, Tua? Or do I go maybe on uh, the defensive side of the ball? Um, And I think something that happened kind of in the build-up to the, the tank for Tua kind of season uh, that led to what is potentially the Dolphins' success now was the fact that they had to give up Fitzpatrick, Minka Fitzpatrick, for that first-round pick. Um, 
which is obviously a part of you know the process that led to the Dolphins being you know where they are now um, with multiple picks, but also a good team. Um, I think they go out and get someone to replace him here, who arguably may turn out to be uh, an even even better uh, player in the safety position. Uh, I'm really excited to see this guy play. He looks fantastic. Um, so I'm taking uh, Travon Moyrig, uh, the safety out of um, TCU, who's very, very exciting uh, and can play in that kind of too high or whatever and make the Dolphins secondary, which has already got players like Xavier Howard and Byron Jones, uh, even scarier and a really versatile secondary. So I think he really adds to um, to that Dolphins team, keeps that defense well, makes that defense even better because it was a, a pretty elite defense last year. Um, and the Dolphins add a second playmaker just on the different side of the ball. Yeah, that's a really nice pick. He, he is by far and away the standalone best safety in this draft. So, yeah, it's, it's good to see him go to go to a team where I think he'll have, he'll have a lot of success. So next up, I've got Washington with pick number 19, the football team, the name to be announced as, as they stand at the moment. So, yeah, it's, a, it's an interesting position to be in. We spoke a bit last week about how lights out their defence is. So I'm sat there, I'm thinking the QB situation's a bit a bit wonky, but there's not many QBs I've got high on my board at the moment. And I'm going to, I'm thinking, I think they've got um, McCory. McCorin. Two weeks He's, in a row. His name's yeah, McLaurin. McLaurin, McLaurin. <laughs> you think I'd note this down. McLaurin, sorry, who's who's a great speedster receiver. So I'm potentially reaching here. I think if I'm if I'm the football team here, I trade down. But as as I'm in this position, I'm taking a big physical receiver in Rashad Bateman. I think he's out of the receivers that are sort of left in this draft. He's the one that sort of fits what they need the most in that big outside physical receiver. So I think he's the smart choice here. Admittedly, like like has been the case with a lot of these picks. I think when when we trade a bit in future, there'll be a there'll be some more excitement coming on. But yeah, I think I might be reaching here a bit, but he suits the needs of the teams and there's no standout player to really trump over him like last time where I took the uh, uh far more the interior lineman just to build to that team. But yeah, so I'm going out I'm going out in Minnesota with Rashad Bateman. And the twentieth pick for the Chicago Bears. Uh, I think this is quite a tough one. Bears, like, Mac Jones is, is a bit tempting here. The Bears have got a good roster around him. I think he could come in and maybe get some wins. But personally, I think the Bears should really pursue a veteran QB. You know, they've been linked to Russell Wilson, Deshaun Watson. I think that a vet, a vet would give them a much... Cut. I think a vet would give them a much better chance of winning. <laughs> um... So I think it's kind of becoming a trend that I didn't intend it to be this way, but I'm going to have to go O-line again for one of my picks. Um, I think Elijah Vera Tucker out of USC. Beef up the interior of the O-line, give another guy for uh, Montgomery to run behind and whoever they get a QB, give them a bit more protection. So that would be the pick, Vera Tucker. Yeah, just crossing another guy off my uh, draft board that I was going to take. So nice one, boys. Cheers. Uh, I'm back on the clock now with uh, the number 21 overall pick uh, to the Indianapolis Colts, who, well, I was going to say, are potentially a QB away from being, you know, one of the 
Super Bowl challenging sides, but they may have found that with Carson Wentz. So who knows? That the roster is, you know, fairly stacked. They look pretty good across the board. Um but I think there's an obvious pick here uh, from the guys that are still on the board. Uh, they need edge help uh, just to give DeForest Buckner a little bit more uh, support up, up front. And so uh, Quitty Pay um, from Michigan, uh, he's just the, the easy pick here. Um, the, the guy's elite, uh, potentially the best edge rusher uh, in this draft uh, with Russo having set out the year. Uh, and other people like Jalen Phillips, for example, being injured. Um, Quitty Pay is considered by some to be the, the best edge rusher uh, in this class. Uh, so I think that gives that makes the Colts even more stacked. Uh, so that's my pick. 22nd pick for the Titans. Um, pretty annoyed, really, because I wanted to go receiver here. I, I might still go with Tony, but I think JC Horn being on the board at 22 is a bit of a steal. So, you know, I, I, I'm thinking about it as well. And this could just be because it's off the top of my head, but I can't think of the Titans secondary as having any particular standouts or, or sort of game-changing guys. And I think that, you know, a good corner guy that can come in and man up on a number one receiver is almost a necessity in today's NFL. So, yeah, I'm going to take one. Yeah, that's a nice pick. Yeah, I was certainly hoping he might force me here with the with the Jets. So yeah, thanks for stealing a potential pick of mine. But to I feel like I might have gone this direction anyway. You know, I was sort of in two minds, and you've really helped me settle it there. To quote the Blind Side, uh, you felt like the QB is the highest paid position because you want you want you, you want to pay for your house, and then next up is your insurance or your tackle. So I'm thinking I've just drafted a nice QB in Justin Fields. Let's not get him killed out there. So obviously you've got um, Mackay Becton, who was phenomenal as a rookie. Looks like an absolute beast, you know, just throwing around grown men, making them look like little children. So I'm, I'm going to go for, rather than the athletic freak again so much, I'm going to go for more of someone I think is a bit more reliable. And I'm going to take, sorry, I'm going to take Tevin Jenkins from the tackle from Oklahoma State. Uh, I think part of, part of the reason that he sort of appeals to me is that he's extremely versatile, so he can sort of play across the board. He's a four-year starter, so we should be ready to jump straight in. I hope <laughs> uh, he didn't he didn't allow a sack at all in his uh, or in a, as a junior or a senior. So you know he's really come he's really come in um, come into his own as he's got older. So I think he's he's all, he's like 23 turning 24. So I think he's the most sensible play now O lineman left on the board. And that's what I want. I wanna, I wanna keep, I wanna keep uh, Justin Fields up. And even if he does run around for his life a little bit, I'm hoping it's to make yards as his athleticism should. So I think to complement my pick would be Jenkins. Has some issue with his, uh, with his um, consistency, but I think some of his hit power and stuff off, off the back will really help the uh, Jets as an organisation. And I think if they're drafting a QB, they need to protect him. Receiver would have been a choice here, I think, as well. But I wasn't overly taken with any of the receivers left on the board for the Jets as like sort of scheme fits for them. So I think Justin Fields is going to have to throw to some nobodies at the moment. But well, I say that they've got Mims, who looked really good as a rookie when he when he wasn't injured. But yeah, so I'd like to draft a receiver, but I think the smart pick here was 
was a tackle, which makes it quite tackle heavy, thanks to Fawnsie as well. So from OSU, it's Tevin Jenkins. Uh, do you know what? I really like that pick. Uh, it's not someone I'd thought of, um, but I really think Tevin Jenkins uh, could be a really solid right tackle uh, in the NFL. Um, and I had him slide into the Ravens at 27. Uh, if they're losing Orlando Brown, who's obviously been playing right tackle, but wants to play left tackle, I think Tevin Jenkins would have looked really nice on that uh, uh, right-hand side. Uh, but to the Jets, where they've already got the athletic freak of uh, Mackay Beckton on the left, is really, really nice. Uh, and kind of, you tied it in all kind of nicely, really, that um, the Jets do have Denzel Mims, uh, and Jameson Crowder has been really reliable past two seasons. Um, I mean, he was quite reliable when he was with the football team. Um, not as they were known then, but, you know, the football team. Um, and I think the first kind of two pushing three rounds are quite deep at receiver, uh, depending on what you want. Um, and so, yeah, you, you might be pushing it there with receiver. I've got the Steelers at 24, um, who uh, are going to be losing Smith-Schuster. Uh, or it looks like they're going to be uh, losing Smith-Schuster this uh, free agency, uh, and they ch chase Claypool into that number one position uh, with Deontay Johnson. But uh, beyond that, depend on whether you think James Washington's a reliable uh, target. There's potential to go receiver here again. Um, I'm not going to do that, however, uh, because I think one of the more important um, players that the Steelers are losing in free agency uh, is Mike Hilton, who's an underrated uh, DB. Uh, and I think uh, to bring in someone that potentially re replace him, but uh, potentially more play outside, um, is Asante Samuel Jr. out of uh, Florida State, who I think is a quite nice pick here. Um, I think he fits the scheme quite nicely. Um, I think that dude's a beast. Uh, and I think... They've already got a couple of options at receiver, like I could have gone here. I could have gone interior O-line as well. I really wanted Vera Tucker here on the other side to um, David DeCastro, but unfortunately, he's off the board. So, um, so I have to go elsewhere, but I'm taking Asante Samuel, who, you know, by, you know isn't isn't a dud at all. Uh, I think he's a, you know, a really solid pick here, and I would not be disappointed if I was the Steelers to get Asante Samuel at 24. Uh, looks like it's going to be back-to-back -back corners then because I, I have my eye on Greg Newsom the second. I thought you were going to take him when you started talking about corners, but, you know, the Jags last year took CJ Henderson. I think they're going to double down on the position, get another guy. We spoke about it last week, week before last, whenever it was, having two good corners as opposed to just one. And Newsom has great not has great physicals. So, you know, that duo could be, could be very deadly for the next few years so yeah Greg Newsom out of Northwestern yeah that's a that's a nice that's a nice pick so I'm now sat with my, my Cleveland Browns at pick 26 and to be fair if I'm being completely honest if the Browns are sat in this position with the board hats looking to me at the moment I'm a happy man as a Browns fan I'm seeing some I'm seeing the positions of need at the moment is defense there's no two ways about it I think defense let us down we had one of the best O-lines. We have great receivers, obviously great running backs. And it looks like Baker Mayfield is, well, I think they'd be silly to move off Baker Mayfield anytime soon. So, yeah, I think the offensive side of the ball is definitely sorted for at least next year. So it's got to be defence for me. Uh, I think the secondary was poor. But like uh, Dan, Dan obviously took 
my number one choice at safety very uh, very much earlier on. I was hoping he'd fall, but obviously I knew that was a bit of a pipe dream. Uh, I don't think there's any corners I really like here for the Browns. So it's between edge rush for me and linebacker. A uh, little bit of news in edge rush. It's looking like the Browns probably won't re-sign um, Olivier Vernon. And if they do, he's not back until, I think, late September. And he's coming off an Achilles injury. So if they do, it'll probably be a cheap part-time role because obviously Achilles injuries, unfortunately, you wish the best for him, but it's it's a career ender. So edge is very tempting, but I'm actually not going to go edge. I'm going to go, I think Dan spoke about this in episode one of the podcast. I think the Browns have been lacking some elite linebacking talent. They've got Mac Wilson and, and Taki Taki, who I like, but I think to have a really solid young linebacker core, I'm sat here and I'm seeing Nick Bolton still on the board, and I think he's a terrific talent. So uh, what do I have to say about Nick Bolton? Well, He's got amazing speed. I think he's he's a really he's a really great run stopper, which is sometimes where the Browns failed a bit last year. I think about that Kansas City game where um where unfortunately they uh the Browns lost, and I think it was a quick out. It was a quick it was like a quick swing pass to Tyreek Hill or Travis Kelsey. I can't remember who it was. It was a quick swing pass out to someone, and uh, BJ Goodson just didn't have the speed to get out there. And I and I think Nick Bolton out here is a really fast player. And he, as it comes to like run stop, I think he's perfect for the Browns. and get to both sidelines with great speed. My main issue would come, he hasn't, got the, he hasn't got the best sort of length or size. But I think, again, I said this before, it's a big cliche, but he plays bigger than his size. He's an aggressive beast. And I, I, love, I love a nice Aggie player. Like there's, there's no two ways about it. If someone's angry and just wants to hit people, he's someone I want on my team. So yeah, Nick Bolton's the pick for me there and then the Browns should have a nice young linebacking core to last them for years to come. Yeah, nice, man. I, I, I think it's looking kind of uh, more and more likely, well, based on kind of mock drafts, that um, the Browns are going to have their choice of, or their pick of linebackers there, really, uh, which would be really, really cool. And it's literally like whoever they see as their guy between Nick Bolton, Zayvon Collins uh, is another guy. I mean, not that he'll fall this far, but Awusu uh, Koromoa might be down there. You know, um, that's their glare and need, I think. Uh, and you know, they they should have their pick of of who they want. Uh, the Ravens next, and uh, at pick twenty seven, and Lamar needs someone to throw to. Man, uh, Marquise Brown, I think, is a baller, Hollywood Brown, but he can only do so much. Um, and I think he needs other guys around him. What I think should happen is, because like I said earlier as well, I wanted Tevin Jenkins to fall here uh, if Orlando Brown's going, but uh, maybe address sort of wide receiver later on. Um, I think the Ravens need to go for, and they've got currently about 18 mil in cap, need to be pushing for Kenny Galladay, uh, that kind of big body receiver that can get those points in the red zone. That's what they're missing. Um, but what's another weapon uh, amongst Kenny Galladay or the potentiality of Ken- Kenny Galladay, Marquise Brown, Mark Andrews? Double down and give Lamar as many weapons as he can, so that um, he, you know, can hopefully return to the MVP form he had a couple of seasons ago. Uh, and for me, a guy that's rising fast. Uh, and just looks like an athletic freak 
uh, is the wide receiver out of Mississippi, Elijah Moore, uh, who's going here, who I think is just a fantastic uh, route runner, but also like very good agility, quick, uh, quick change ability. Uh, and I think that's going to give a different dynamic to Marquise Brown um, to help Lamar Jackson out. And if he can get that big body in, the Ravens should, in theory, be unbeatable this season if Lamar can, you know, he he had to run for a thousand yards last year because he didn't, you know, have as many targets as he would have liked. But you know, hopefully he can return to MVP form this season with Elijah Moore and the big body receiver in uh, free agency. So yeah, Elijah Moore. Okay, yeah, it's back to me with pick number twenty-eight. It's my last pick, thankfully for you listeners, so you don't have to listen to me for a bit. Uh, yeah, I've got one pick less than the guys because I, I do watch a bit less college. So I'm, I've relied quite a lot on research, a little bit of film every now and then, and like what I know about the NFL teams and what they need. And the Saints are an interesting proposition. They're, they're obviously a team that's struggling for cap space. We'll have to let go of some good players. But going for a very, very, probably stupid and controversial pick, but I'm going because it's something I want to see. It's something I want to see. And that is, I, I, I don't think either of the other two will expect this, but that's Najee Harris going to the, the running back from Alabama going to the Saints. I think him and Kamara, what a duo. The two of them, the two of them will just, will just, in my opinion, be unstoppable. You've got James Winston looking like he's coming in there as the starting QB. I know they've got the cap space issue. I know they might be losing Lattimore and I should be taking a corner. I should be taking, I should be taking someone that's smart, but I love watching a good run game. And you've got Najee Harris that's a lot that's a nice in-between the tackles runner. He's been his his NFL comp, I think Matt Forte is, is what a lot of people have been comparing him to. So I like that as a comparison for him. And he's also a great pass catcher. So I'm thinking if you line up your two backs in the backfield, you've got Kamara, you've got uh, Najee Harris, and you've got them on swings, you've got them on Texas routes, you know, you've got them on a streak, maybe. If you just have your backs just do running sort of seams or anything. Just, just mix it up, and honestly, I think it will really help Winston in that offense. This is assuming they resign him, but I think that offense would be something that would be insane to watch. You could have you'll have Michael Thomas running a slant, as he only seems to know how to do. Uh, then you'll have the Kamara and Harris routes, and honestly, I don't see anyone stopping him. Short game, I think it'll be a lot of dink and dunk football, which you might go, oh, that's not really Winston's play style, but you know. I think it should be his play style because we saw what happened with uh, Tampa when it wasn't the play style that was built into him. He threw a lot of picks. So, yeah, I want to see dink and dunk football. James Winston keeps the play alive. And I think having playmakers out there is great. Yeah, Najee Harris hasn't got the, like, sort of end zone to, like, end zone to end zone speed that Kamara has. But as a reliable in-between-the-tackle runner, I love him. I think he'll take some of the reps off Kamara, extend the – extend. I don't want to say it because like, it sounds very – very sort of inhumane, but extend the shelf life of Kamara a bit with running backs. You know, he obviously had a start of his career with Ingram. They've proven, Sean Payton's proven that he liked, that he can make a two-back system like that work perfectly. And I think sort of Najee Harris doing that Ingram role works out perfectly for him. And obviously with pass catching, it's not smart, it's stupid, but you know what? I lo- I'd love to see it. And this is what I want to see. So that's my pick. And I think I might have thrown you two off there, so I'm not sure what picks you had going. But, yeah, over to Green Bay. Uh, thank you from uh, Green Bay. Uh, <laughs> we, I mean, 
the Packers could be looking running back. Uh, it's just been announced while we've been recording that uh, Aaron Jones ain't coming back. So um, they could be looking at running back. Uh, me personally, clearly, I'm not. They clear, the Packers clearly listened to me when I when I said don't tag him in last <laughs> week's podcast. They clearly they're clearly listening. Yeah, one hundred percent without without question. Um, <laughs> so last year they spent their draft pick getting Aaron Rodgers mad. Uh, this year they really look out for him uh, and give him a nice weapon. Uh, to compliment uh, Devontae Adams, uh, and that is the receiver out of Purdue, which is uh, Rondell Moore. Uh, he's, yeah, someone that I'll work uh, really nicely with uh, Devontae Adams. Both kind of slot guys, but also guys that I think, you know, can win. I mean, Devontae Adams doesn't need to prove himself to anyone, so uh, I don't know why I'm putting them together. Uh, Adams is an absolute beast. Um but yeah, I just think again, Aaron Rodgers is that sort of player that give him enough weapons and like they'll figure out what to do with him. Matt LaFleur is a great coach and he'll have a an idea in his head. Um and Rondell Moore's an exciting talent. And it's just an exciting pick. So Rondell Moore. Uh, it would be nice to see the Packers go receiver in the first round for the first time in a while. Um you know, and even if Rogers retires in the next year or two, he's still going to be a, a, obviously a threat for Jordan Love when he takes over the reins. So it's very nice. Bills, a few ways to go. Tempted by Etienne and running back, but I think there's more holes to address. Uh, I think that really when you look at the Bills roster, their edge rushers are quite old. You know, they drafted Epineza last year, but I think he's... You know, he didn't really show enough to warrant uh, Bill's passing on the first round guy. So I'm going to take Jaden Phillips. I think Phillips is a, is, a talented, is a talented guy and I don't see a linebacker that I like as much as him. So there we go. Kansas City Juice coming off of a Super Bowl defeat. Um, I'll go linebacker. I think that that was really... When you look at their team on paper, that's one of the places where you think, is there enough talent there to be a serious uh, Super Bowl contender? Um, and again, you know, there's there's a few holes and a few places you think, oh, we'll take a guy here, just sort of pre preempt another guy leaving, so they can maybe take Darius Tony for uh, for Hardman, who is potentially leaving in the next couple of years. But I think getting a stud linebacker bringing a guy that can do to other teams what Levante David, Devin White did to them. Um, take Zayvon Collins out of Tulsa. And uh, rounding off the first round uh, and our mock draft uh, 1.0 is me with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, there's a couple of places again here that I could go. Uh, there's a lot of good edge rushers still on the board. Uh, Jason Owe out of Penn State. Uh, Aziz Ojolari. Uh, out of Georgia. Um, are they spicy enough for the end of the first round? Uh, not that the first, the pick at the end of the first round always has to be spicy. Um, but here we do go spicy. Um, I messaged you both uh, in the week uh, in preparation for this mock draft uh, saying there was a matchup that I really liked. Well, not really liked because it's going to work out very well for the Bucks, I think. 
Um, but I think if this player can learn under the tutelage uh, of Tom Brady, I just think it's a match made in heaven. Uh, so the Bucks get the heir apparent. Why not? Um, I mean, <laughs> Tom Brady may have played play in another five years, probably, but... Um, you know, why not try and uh, prepare for, um, you know, the potential future without him? Um, so, um, yeah, I maybe spicy this pick, maybe not spicy, but um, the Bucks take quarterback of Alabama, Mac Jones, to round off the first round. I always knew you loved Brady. <laughs> you might try and deny it, but you clearly love him. Hey, that's not for Brady. That's that's pushing him out the door. Thank you very much. Um, but yeah, on that note, then, gentlemen, um, fantastic draft. Uh, I think that's a nice mock draft 1.0. Uh, I'm sure all of our opinions will change as we get close to the time and we introduce things like trades and different things like that. Um, but some exciting picks. Um, Maybe some reaches, maybe some steals. Um, but I kind of want, as kind of a closing bit to uh, this week's episode, uh, I want each of us to pick a best pick that just, it just makes sense. Uh, the fit's perfect. Best pick, uh, for, in your opinion. And then one kind of sleeper pick that you think, oh, I wouldn't have thought of that, but um, but that that's a naughty pick. That's a uh, That just makes a lot of sense now that, you've raised it uh, into the conversation. So um, with that in mind, uh, Shaps, can you give us your uh, your best pick and your sleeper pick first, please? Yeah, so I didn't want to go too obvious with my best pick. So I was just having a look through the draft board. And one that sticks out for me is a later round pick. In fact, it's the second last pick in the, in the draft. It's Zabin Collins, the man from Tulsa, going to... Going to the Chiefs. Uh, yeah, now Zayvon Collins, I, I like this fit. I feel like their linebacker core could do with a bit of a boost. They have Hitchens, Thomas, and the man with the best name in football, Willie Gay. Obviously, they drafted last year. So, I like, I, I, they linebacker core definitely has room for improvement. They play, they, I think he'd fit the system a bit. He's, he's a big, he's a big, fast sort of, he's a bit, he's big and fast. He can take on a lot of run fits which I think in their scheme he'll have to do. He'll be in charge of a lot of the uh, run responsibilities as well as having a bit of coverage to sort out, which I, I think he's got the possibility to do. Obviously, I think the Browns have the pick between Bolton and Collins. I think that's how a lot of... I know a lot of people are getting uh, drawing up the um, in mock drafts the Browns to go to the end. But they if, if I was sat with linebacker, they, uh, Collins and Bolton aren't too far apart, in my opinion. Obviously, Collins is the much bigger and Bolton's the more sort of like fiery one. But yeah, so I think Collins falling to him at the end of the first round might not be the sexiest pick, but you know, I think he could be a plug-in starter for years to come. So yeah, that's a really good pick for in my opinion. So yeah, I'd have to go Zaven Collins as my best pick. And then we're throwing it over to Green Bay, actually, for my, uh, my sleeper pick. It's a bit of a sleeper. It's weird because people know that... that <laughs> that Aaron Rodgers wants a receiver. So everyone knows that. But I think if you look at the Green Bay roster, you wouldn't necessarily think receiver. I know we talked about it a bit last week where we were talking about how corner, I think, and secondary is the biggest need for Green Bay because their defence keeps letting them down. 
But I, I'm looking at uh, Rondale Moore as the small slot receiver with a lot of yak possibility. And I'm loving that pick for him. I think you've got, because you, you've got Devontae Adams there, There's no, there, I don't see him getting double covered that often. And you think about him getting the ball in hands one beat one, you are asking for missed tackles all over the board. And I think you're going to see a lot of Devontae Adams taking the top off and then a little intermediate route or short route from Rondell Moore, catch and go to the house. And I'm going to put him as a, uh, going to put a bold prediction out there. And I'm saying if this pick happens, rookie of the year, because I think he'll put up insane stats. Admittedly, the only thing I think that can sort of slow him down is there's obviously, he's a smaller guy, injury possibilities, but you know what? He's young. He's played three seasons. He's played three seasons already. Yeah, he missed a couple of games in his last two seasons. But as a freshman, he popped off. He's popped off when he's played. I love that pick as a, as a sort of like pick you wouldn't always expect. But yeah, as a sleeper, that's definitely a pick for me. Nice, bro. And uh, giving us the hot takes we need for uh, for listeners, saying uh, Rondell Moore is going to get uh, Offensive Rookie of the Year and you're calling it right now. Even He's not even been drafted by well, the actual team yet. <laughs> only, only if they draft him, if they draft him. Yeah, nice, cool. Uh, thank you, bro. Uh, Thornsy, over to you, my friend. I'll do my, my best pick. I think I said it in the middle of the draft, but I think the Wushu Koromaros for the Patriots is is very exciting. Um, <clears throat> you know, he's a great athlete. He's exactly, I mean, I think I've spoken about him in almost every podcast that we've done so far. I think he's just a phenomenal. And for him to go to New England, and be coached by Belichick and see how he's going to use him. It's just going to be so, so cool to see. And, you know, I think as well, what makes this so much even so much even better, nice, is that I didn't even think of it. Like, I, I always think 15, I thought Patriots, maybe QB, maybe a corner, could look for like a gadget receiver. And then, you know, as soon as you said it, it was like, yeah, this makes so much sense. So, yeah, that'd be my best. And the sleeper as well, I think Trey Lance is intriguing. You know, he's a sort of boom or bust type of guy. And we see teams who have built winners around uh, quarterbacks on rookie contracts. And I think that's exactly what San Francisco could look to do with Lance should they take him. And their roster is stacked from top to bottom on in pretty much every position group. And you combine that with Shanahan's offensive system. And I think even if you, if Lance comes in in his rookie year and doesn't play particularly well, He's got. They've got four years of him, and they've got good young talent all around him at every position on the roster that he can sort of develop as the team develops. And yeah, I mean, obviously, and it could just completely explode on them and, and uh, implode on them. And, and Lance comes in and he isn't ready, and he's not the guy, and they waste however long that they had, which I think makes it so much more exciting as a draft pick. And yeah, that'd be my my picks. Cool. I uh, I also quite like the take there that you uh, you kind of say in Trey Lance, the excitement of it is almost why he makes it a sleeper pick is that it's going to bring so much intrigue with it. Uh, whether he's good, whether he's bad, can't wait to see because that's 100% where he's going. Um, <laughs> I'm going to keep it short and sweet. Um, not, well, hardly ever the sexiest picks in the draft, but O-line man, you need to take him. Um, uh, we've talked before in previous podcasts how important getting the O-line right is. Uh, and I think there's a couple of like really nice ones that I really like in there. Uh, I kind of made it clear during the draft that Tevin Jenkins is someone I think is going to be a good right tackle. Um, 
but that's not who I'm going here. Uh, I'm going to start off uh, with my underrated pick. Um, Rashawn Slater to the Cowboys is really interesting uh, to a line that is mostly aging uh, and has lost some key parts uh, over the past few seasons. I think getting some depth and getting somebody to learn the position. I mean, Rashawn Slater might even be ready to go. Like, you know, there's teams like... um, the Bengals, he might be their guy. The Chargers, he might be their guy for now. So getting that chance to potentially, well, he, you know, he's probably going to start if he goes to the Cowboys, but to get to learn with a couple of those guys, um, like Smith uh, and stuff like that, it'd be it'd be a really, really nice learning curve. Um, so I think that's my underrated pick uh, because I wouldn't have thought of that. But yeah, it, 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 it does make sense. And I think that that would be a great pick for Jerry Jones to, to take. Um, and my best pick is just the one that just makes sense um, so much. Uh, Joe Burrow was 100% the number one overall pick last year. And this year, the strategy has got to be to protect him. And so I think uh, Penny Saul is just a perfect pick. If he falls to them at five, well, whoever their guy is, whether they prefer Slater or whether they prefer Saul, if their guy's there, they've got to uh, pull the trigger on that. Uh, and take their guy but yeah that's our uh, our mock draft those are our best picks and our sleeper picks uh, from our draft um, I'm excited to hear what people think about that uh, and I'm excited to see uh, well our opinions change going forward but uh, right thanks for joining me gentlemen uh, have a good week Thorns look after yourself mate well, dude, thanks for having me thanks for listening everyone no worries thank you Thorns and uh Look after yourself, Shaq. Have a good week, mate. Thanks very much. And quickly, can I just add before we go, we're now live on all platforms and Instagram. So, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Just Ser- throw that out quickly. Perfect, mate. Nice way to tie it up right at the end. Search Empty the Playbook on lots of different streaming platforms. We're on Spotify. We're on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and even YouTube. Uh, but give us a follow on Insta. Uh, and we're excited to hear all your opinions, even if... Uh, you tear us a new one. So um, thanks for listening, guys, uh, and we'll catch you all next time. Dad.